0: So grab your coffee and your favorite notepad and let's get started. Welcome to episode 89 of the six figure product business podcast. I am really excited for today's episode. We are doing something a little bit different today. We're actually going to do a case study on an existing business and look at some of the things that they are just doing really, really well. And we can think about how we can apply it to your business. So Today, we are diving into Glossier. They are a really huge beauty brand. If you've not heard of them, please take a moment and go look at their account on Instagram or go to their website, um, dot com. They're amazing. Their products are amazing. Their packaging is amazing. Everything they do is pretty much amazing. I'm a huge fan. And as I'm sort of wanting to switch things up on the podcast. uh, I've been doing the podcast now for it's about a year and a half. And my episodes have very much been like, how to how to do this, how to get more traffic, how to do Instagram reels. And to be honest with you, I am getting I'm getting bored. I'm someone who gets bored really easily. And I'm getting bored of like, how to do this, how to do that, how to do this, how to do that, blah, blah, blah. Like, I just want to do something different and I want the podcast to be informational to you, but I also feel like, you know, you're probably wanting something different too because everyone does the same damn shit on their podcast. It's always how to, how to, how to. So I, this is my way of like spicing things up, doing something different. Um, Yes, my podcast, for the most part, will be a lot of the how-to step-by-step, that is, that is, in my opinion, the point of this podcast. It is to give you tangible tips that you can literally take today and go implement in your business, but at the same time, you know, I don't want it to just be the how-to content. So I am really just wanting to pull from different things, have different types of episodes. You'll probably start seeing a lot of unique episodes or episodes where I'm Focusing on something that's happening in pop culture or a Netflix TV show and current huge brands that we can learn from. So again, um, hopefully you like this new direction because I'm excited about it. And um, you know, when I was sort of prepping for this episode, I feel very like lit up about recording this. And I had a specific idea that I was going to talk about, and I've actually now that I'm literally sitting here talking, I actually think I'm going to talk about something else. And this is how my brain works. It is on like missile fire at all times. And yeah, if you have a brain like that, I'm sorry, because it's really hard. (laughs) I'm pretty sure I have ADD and it's just not diagnosed, but okay, let's dive into it. So there's a few things I want to talk about so again, Glossier is a really huge beauty brand. They were founded in, I think it was 2012. Let me look at my notes. So 2012, uh, ba, 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 2013. Okay, they started in 2013, sorry. Let's start from the beginning. So this episode is gonna be founding, like female founder Glossier, and I wanna talk about a few things. One is how how they're using content To drive their business, literally, like they are, they are masters at content creation. So I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about um, how, and essentially, it's like how they've created a socially driven brand. I also want to talk about if I have time, because this is going to be a quick tip episode, so I'm trying to keep it short and sweet. But I also want to touch upon when they launched their business how simple it was sort of sort of simple and i want to talk kind of talk about that cuz i think it's super important for existing brands on just keeping things simple so um, they launched their business in 2013. So a little bit of a backstory on Glossier. Summer of 2010. Um, Emily Weiss, again, she was a fashion assistant at Vogue. And if anyone listening is a fan of The Hills, MTV The Hills, she was she was one of the people on the Hills. She was the episode she was the uh, I don't know what season it was. It was when um Lauren was planning a dinner party for that, like. Crotchety lady. I forget her name, but if you're listening and you're like, oh yeah, I remember the Hills, it was Lauren's boss. It must have been at Teen Vogue, and she was like kind of crotchety. So Emily flew in from New York and she was like another intern and she helped do a few things, but she helped with the dinner party and she was like a really annoying overachiever. Uh, like the type of person who is a full-time student and is doing like two full-time internships and like 500 other things and like perky and cute and like just, you know, annoying basically. Anyway, her annoyingness, look at how like you could tell she was such an overachiever and then when you find out that she's the founder of this company, you're like, "Oh yeah, it makes sense. Like, of course she would find she would be the person." So I find her extremely interesting, so inspirational. But let's kind of dive into just the start of the company, and then we can talk about the other things. So, basically, um, she was a fashion assistant at Vogue, and she decided she wanted to start a blog. So it was a beauty blog called Into the Gloss. So again, that's where the name Glossier stems from. But 2010, she started a blog. So she was already working in the fashion industry, and what I read about her was that she wanted to start a blog that would show real, real world beauty routines of fashion insiders and celebrities. And she would pull different things that she learned on like photo shoots, again, from working at Vogue. So a lot of this kind of stems from her background of working at Vogue magazine. Um, So she apparently bought I used $700, $750 used camera. She got the domain for intothegloss.com. And then that September of 2010, her first post went live. And then here's the interesting part. So if any of you are bloggers, you're going to be like, whoa, how did she freaking do that? I think a lot of it comes down to her connections. If you work in Vogue or you work at Vogue, you're going to develop lots of helpful going to use the word helpful and opportunistic, is that a word? Connections for your business. So it's sort of like the whole philosophy of if you have an existing audience and you launch a product, you will get sales because you already have an audience of people who like you, know you, and trust you. I talk about this all the time. This is no different. Um, She had the personal connections in a sense. I mean, I'm not trying to like gloss over, I'm using air quotes, gloss over her credit here. But you know, if you work at Vogue Magazine in New York City, you are bound to have some really powerful and influential connections that will make it easier for you to get started. So she launches her blog. Within two years, apparently, she had more than 200,000 visitors per month. So in two years, 200,000 visitors per month. So again, if you have a blog post, those numbers are going to blow your mind right now. It's pretty nuts. So that's sort of the start of that. So she had the blog was, you know, writing all these different articles, blah, blah, blah. And then basically she decided she wanted to launch like the actual beauty company. And she talks a lot about, she's really smart, really interesting. Um, she talks a lot about the, the, struggles in the beauty industry and like how beauty can start conversations between people and how it can, like, I think the conversation piece was really interesting. Like it can start conversations, it can break down walls and beauty is something that every person anywhere in the world, no matter where you're from, deal with in some piece, you know, it's like a foundational thing. So I thought that was kind of interesting that she said that. And then here's the start of the company. So she raised, I think, one or two million dollars for this new, I like how they, you know, I'm reading, I'm, I got some quotes from um, a YouTube video and an article on Vanity Fair, but she's quoted as saying, um, like, she raised two million dollars for her new project. I like how they call it a project. I think that's a little bit weird. Um, she got rejected by, I guess, 12 investors, and then she raised two million for um what will be glossier by a venture capitalist in uh, San Francisco. And then here's what's here's the cool part that I want to that I really like and I almost want to kind of come back to it, but I'm gonna come back to it, okay? let me um let me come back to this later because I want to talk about the social stuff first. So she launches her business and now let's go to today. Maybe I should just – okay. You know what? Never mind. I'm just going to go in chrono- chronological order. Sorry. I'm all over the place. So she launches the – she gets the funding and then she did 125. And I want to like put this in perspective because a lot of you are posting on Instagram and you're like, well, I only post like once a week and da 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 Like they did 125 teaser posts before launching her business. 125. That's a lot of posts. Okay. Nine months later, 125 teaser posts on Instagram and she launches her business. And here's what's the really, this is the thing that I really want you to think about because I talk about this all the time when I'm working with people who want to launch a business. So I help people grow their business. I also help people launch their business. I do strategy sessions. I do one-on-one coaching um I love 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 working with people who want to launch a product business. So if that's you and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I want to launch a product business." Please reach out to me. I freaking want to help you. I love helping people launch. So whenever I'm working with a new client who wants to launch a product brand, I always tell you, keep it super simple. Like don't launch with a million things. Launch with a few, see like get feedback from customers, let's see what people like and then you can launch more as you grow a bigger audience. So what I love about the Glossier story is that they launched, and I actually, my last, one of my recent podcasts, I talked about how Glossier launched with Boy Brow. That's actually not true. So that was my mistake. I apologize. But they apparently launched with four products. So they didn't launch with like 500 freaking products. They launched with four. They had a moisturizer, a facial spray, foundation and a, um, lip it's called like bomb.com. So it's like a lip lip bomb kind of thing. So I just want to reiterate that point here because a lot of you have a million products and you're like, Oh, I'm not really selling anything. Figure out what works first and then expand into more products. So I love their launch story because it literally goes it speaks to what I always tell people is like, start small and simple. Simple is your best friend when you're starting a business. You don't need to have 50 products. And she had $2 million in funding. Most of you are just bootstrapping it. So this is a great lesson on starting small and then expanding later on. So she launched with four products. And what she's quoted as saying is like, how do I make an entire, I love this, How do I make an entire beauty company based on acknowledging that every person is their own expert? Like you have your own opinions on beauty and how people can sort of benefit from them. So I just love that. I think it's, I think it's so cool. I just think she's awesome. Okay. So that's the, that's a story of her as a female founder, like the two or the 10 minute version of the 10 minute cliff notes version of her launch is that. So here is the real meat of what I wanted to talk about in this podcast episode, which is the socially driven brand. So if you look at Glossier's um, Instagram account, for example, I have no idea about their TikTok. I I only know their Instagram. If you go to their Instagram account, you'll see they have, uh, let's see, I have it pulled up here. I think they have 400,000 followers. Let me see. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say 400,000? I don't know what I'm talking about. They have 2.6 million. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know what's wrong with me. So they have 2.6 million followers. So that's a lot of followers. But the social part of their business is how their business like is why their business is so big. So again, like she started her blog into the gloss, a beauty blog, which she founded in 2010. She wanted to celebrate beauty as part of women's routines in their overall expression. You know what? I created a new free resource for you. It is called the step-by-step guide to getting new customers for your e-commerce business without using ads. It is a fantastic new free download that I just created because one of the top questions that I get asked all the time is, how do I get more customers for my business? And in this free guide, I am sharing with you my favorite ways to get customers for your business without diving into ads. So you can grab that below by going into the show notes and clicking the link. So she launches a business with four products. She had already teased her audience with 125 posts, and now they have 2.6 million followers. So the biggest thing that I want you to sort of take away, well, there's a a bunch of things I want you to take away, but one thing is like this whole socially driven brand. And the reason this is so appealing to me is because this is what I did with my business bef- without realizing this is what I was doing. Um I think at some point I did realize that I was actually creating a very socially driven brand, but at the time when I was my business was still new, I think I didn't quite know that, but I was doing the same thing. So one thing about Glossier is the reason they are where they are today is not necessarily about their product so their product is good you know I've used their product I really like it but it's it's their customers you know it's their customers their customers have made their brand what it is and of course they have too but like they really lean in on customer, which is what I talk about all the time, and which is why I love this podcast episode, because it's talking about things that I really like. <laughs> um, so Glossier is really like one of the first socially driven beauty brands, at least at least that I've come across. I literally don't know any other brand besides like the stupid Kardashians. And this was like pre-Kardashian, I believe. I forget when the Kardashians came out, but I feel like this was like pre-Kardashian. Maybe it's not, but anyway, I feel like I don't want to talk about them. Um, and it truly is, it truly has become what it is because of the customers. You know, the customers support the brand and they literally create so much content around the brand. And this is like the one thing I want you to really take away. Glossy is what it is today because of their customers. Their customers are obsessed with their brand. They are obsessed with their brand. I'm going to repeat it because it's really important. (laughs) Um, And they generate and they create a ton of content using their products. And this is where – and this doesn't apply to only beauty brands. This can be applied to any brand. But – When you are obsessed with your customers, your customers will literally shout your name from the rooftops. And I talk about this quite often. Um, I'm actually writing a proper book about this topic. Really excited about it. I've started it. I'm in the very early stages and I just keep not making progress, but I'm going to. Anyway, this topic is something that is very important to me. When you treat your customers well, they will come back to you. And so, um, one cool thing about Glossier is again, like they really see their customers as their own beauty experts. Um, and what happens is like, because of like technology, social media, all this stuff can be shared, like friend to friend, pair to pair all through digital communication, digital transformation or whatever. Is that the right word? Transformation? I don't know. Um, you know, you you get your products in the mail and you instantly go into your bathroom and you start doing like a little vlog about your unboxing or you film a little tutorial of how to put on your um, like cheek colored cheek gel or something. I'm just using a random example. Um, And then you're posting this stuff on social media and it's being shown on your stories. And then your friends are like, wait, what is that product? That looks really cool. I need it too. So Social media is – it's one of those things where, like, we all get really frustrated with social media, especially Instagram. In 2022, Instagram is, like – it's becoming, like, the ugly sister. I don't know if you guys feel like that, but everybody just is bitching about it all the time. I feel like – I literally can't think of one person in the last year who is like, wow, Instagram is really working for me. The only people that I feel like Instagram – um, the only people like that i've seen obviously if you have a huge brand this doesn't this doesn't get included but like the people who are really growing on instagram are people that are teaching about instagram like if you teach about instagram reels and you know you you show people how reels will help your business grow your accounts growing because that's, you're you're put, putting out content that everyone wants to know more of But like the average brand, I'm not seeing growth on Instagram from anybody. So if you are, I would love to know like what you're doing. But yeah, Instagram is just becoming like that sister, you know? So anyway, um, but the point here is that social media is so important. It's not going away. Even if Instagram is not doing well for you, it is an important part of your business. And this is a great example of social media and how you have a product you get people to love your product and we're targeting a certain type of person like again they're targeting millennials who literally live breathe on their phone all day long their phone is in their hand every single moment of their life is documented whether you agree with that or not um that's just how it is like i'm a little bit older and so growing up like we didn't have cell phones that captured every moment of our life. Um, Like I didn't get my first cell phone and this will tell you how old I am, um, which I'm not going to tell you because I am friggin' old. But, you know, I got my first cell phone, I think, when I was um, a freshman in college. And it was not the type of cell (laughs) phone that we have today with like every we can like I could do my entire business from my cell phone, which is a really awesome thing. That wasn't the case back in the day when I had my first cell phone. But nowadays like people want to share what they like through their social media accounts. And if you can capitalize on that, you you won. I mean, you just you will. Like if you have a product that people are like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to take a video of myself on social media and post it." You win. Because every customer that does that, you're getting your brand in front of more and more and more of those people's audiences. And if one friend loves a product and wants to share about it on social media, then chances are some of their friends also want to get that too. So if you look at Glossier's account, I mean, it's really impressive. It is filled with such diverse content. And not that this is a conversation or like an episode that I really wanted to like dive into Instagram, but I do want to talk about a few things because if you look at their account, I mean, you can look at Glossier's Instagram account and you will see what I'm talking about here. It's filled with one user-generated content. That is, I buy a product, I get it in the mail, I either do like an unboxing video, I take a video clip and post it on my Instagram stories or a reel. Or I do like a tutorial of using a product, or I take a photo of your product and I share it. That's user-generated content, and that's the type of content that you want on your Instagram, 100%. Like, yes, you want to have some of the boring, like, buy my product, but the more you can share user-generated content, your account, one doesn't feel spammy and selly all the time 2 you're showing real life customers. And one, your customers will appreciate the feature. And two, it's social proof for you like you're telling your audience that you actually do get customers. Um, Three, a lot of user generated content is in the form of like, Oh, my gosh, I just got this in the mail. And I love it so much. It could be um, even like, like a review of a a product or someone putting up a product on. So, in gloss for glossier's um, you know, feed, it's a lot of tutorials putting different products on, um skincare routines, just like really beautiful, aesthetically pleasing images of the product in different types of locations. um, people putting on like a lipstick. Um, just like there's just a lot of different things. and it can give you ideas for your own content. Again, like, this is a beauty brand. It, it doesn't always translate into every single industry, but if you can, you have to think outside the box with content. They do a great job. You know, you go to their account and you're like, oh my God, that's so cool. The second you watch a video of someone like putting like something on their skin, they have really like nice glowy skin and they're putting off this like, you know, cream or this like blush. You're instantly going to be like, "Ooh, I want, I want that. Because what's going to get you to buy a product? Some Like a picture of a, of, of a product sitting in a tube or watching a real person put it on their face